Hello, I'm Alex Zane, film journalist, movie fan, and your host for a trip to the movies. I'm a Pisces, I enjoy chess, cooking, and I'm lactose intolerant. Thanks very much for downloading the show. We've got a brilliant guest on the way. This episode is brought to you by Odium, and if you've been to watch a film at Odium lately, you'll know that nothing beats that cinematic feeling. It's not just about stuffing your face with delicious popcorn, although, let's be honest, that helps. It's your hair standing on end, your palms sweating and being transported somewhere magical. It's feeling every footstep of some giant lumbering monster. It's car chases, space battles and your heart beating out of your chest. It's about feeling cinematic and nobody does that better than Odeon. Head to odeon.co.uk or download their app to book your next adventure today. And if you'd like to watch today's interview in Glorious Technicolor, head over to our YouTube channel and subscribe for all the latest updates. And if you want to get in touch with us you'll find us at trip to movies on all social media right then time to introduce today's guest who i interviewed just last week on zoom so if you're ready let's begin Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, where each week a special guest takes us on their perfect night out at the cinema. This week we are joined by a brilliant actress who is making waves in Netflix's hugely successful fantasy series The Witcher as an elven sorceress, who, by the end of season two, was responsible for one of the series' most dark moments. With season three arriving very soon here in human form and taking us on today's trip to the movies, it's the wonderful Misha Simpson. Hello. Oh, no, you're frozen after that introduction. I'm back. Oh, I'm so back. sorry. It's I was all right. so into it as well. I was I, so into it. <laughs> I, thought you had, I thought you'd gone, well, that's actually factually incorrect. I don't consider that moment particularly dark. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sad that I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will say a quick warning uh, then, mm. now that you're back. Uh, this this <clears throat> chat may contain some spoilers for The Witcher Season 2. Mm. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Um but with that in mind, wow, uh, a huge series, one of Netflix's most popular. How did you, Misha, first hear that they wanted you to become part of the Witcher family? Oh, oh my God. Um, so I found out it was it was two it was it was at the end of 2009. Um, and like I just graduated from drama school not long before that. So it was around summertime. So I'd done a few months of doing auditions. Um, and then this one came up. I had no idea that it was The Witcher. I knew it was something that I wanted to do. I could tell by the writing that it was something that was like a fantasy type um, genre, which I love. Um, so I had two auditions for that. And then it wasn't until the last one that I found out what it was actually for, um, which then I completely, I completely lost it. I was like, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, we did the chemistry read and I found out probably around October, November time in 2009, uh, 2019, sorry. Um, yeah, absolute madness. Did it make you more nervous once you found out it was The Witcher? Were you quite glad they didn't tell you till audition three or four? Yeah, exactly. So it did. I think I, I was so cool and calm, I think, the first two auditions because I was like, yeah, like, I love this. This is my thing. Um, but then when I found out it was The Witcher, I was like, wow. Okay, like the nerves set in. Um, they definitely set in. But I, I managed to keep it together, though. But they were definitely there. I think by that point, I was like, I need this job. I want this job. It has to be mine. Um, so, yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of energy moving around me at that point. 
Because I, I guess it could have been one of two things. I mean, if it's a big fantasy series, you're going, well, it's either the, uh, the, 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 the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon or The Witcher. Yes. Well, I, I had no idea because I, I actually hadn't read the books before I knew it was The Witcher. So in my head, I was convinced it was Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so when I found out, um, but it was amazing because obviously The Witcher has its own kind of um, wiktionary. So you can find out about everything about all the characters. So as soon as I found out, I, I scanned through and looked. I literally, I looked through everything. I was obsessed with it and I fell in love with it. Um, I, I, this sounds like a joke and it's absolutely not a joke because I believe these things exist. Yeah. So did they send you to elf school? Do they do they have like someone who goes, look, <laughs> this is how you be more elf. These are the mannerisms. This is how you carry yourself. This is the intonation that you use. Or do they just go, hey, do what you want? That would be amazing. I would love to go to elf school. We need to create it. <laughs> we actually need to create it. Um, <laughs> no. So I set up my own elf school in my living room and it was, it was so much fun. I just got lost in the world. I think just reading all the books and reading the scripts and uh, like, again, like I'm, I'm obsessed with that kind of world. I'm obsessed with magic and fairy tales and elves and all of that so i i made my el my own elf school i got lost and um yeah i loved it i mean we did we did do a little bit of um we've done some like in the stunts department we've done some like magic how you know where where you would throw your magic from and just like how you would create it and what kind of shapes you would do but the rest of it was all me that's cool <laughs> so that's great that you basically go here's a blank canvas create create your yeah. your your elven sorceress i mean what was your way in though mm. like when you say like i love magic i love fantasy what was the first thing that got you interested in in that huge genre i i'm like i think it was the magic but but i think i think what really kind of rooted me into the character was like the the real story that came out of it because obviously it is a fantasy but um it, it talks about like real values and like real human values. And I think with Francesca, her thing is to protect her people and her people have gone through so much. And for me, I was able to kind of connect that to how I would be around my family and like how I would be in that situation if that was, that was me and my family because I'm so close to them. So I think that was the thing that rooted me in there. Mm. Um, but definitely the thing that grabbed my attention was like, was just like the, the the fantasy of it and like the elves, you know, living out in the in the forests. I love forests and just like <laughs> foraging and just going on adventures and all of that. So um yeah, I, I really went back to child Misha when when I when I kind of got into that. Who doesn't love a bit of foraging? Getting back to nature, you know. <laughs> yeah. Down, yeah, yeah. Down in the in the in the yeah. leaves <laughs> under trees, digging around, finding truffles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm great at finding truffles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned uh, that it was a huge series. It's also one of the most expensive television shows ever made. It's uh, it's certainly mm. in the top 20. I think it's nearing the top 10. I uh, roughly I think the figure that gets bandied around is about $10 million an episode. Yeah, Do you see that, that when it? you walk on set? Like, can you tell, is it like how, is that money there and visible? Yes, it's very much there and visible. It's very, very, very much there and visible. I think I was so surprised. I think my first day on set, I, I think in my head, I just thought you, you would very much see that you're on a film set, but that was, I didn't feel that at all when I was there. You know, we had like, it just felt what felt like miles upon miles of elven camps. And, you know, we had all the supporting artists in their costumes and their ears and their hair. And we had loads of like 
elven tents um we had like the fire and everybody was just really living in the world and um especially when you're at the studio as well when you see what they can do i mean like we had this amazing sculpture of some kind of uh statue and it was it was amazing to see and it, it was it was huge um you go next to it you touch it and it's like it's hollow um but when you actually see it it doesn't it doesn't look like that it just really it really feels like you're in the world so for me that's i mean it's a gift because i can really again go back to child misha and really feel like i'm i'm in this world and i believe everything that's around me because it's it's just so it's so detailed and it's obviously- incredible one of the things, I mean, in terms of like the, the the your reaction to being part of this world and the fans' reaction has been huge, and and everyone everyone loves yeah. Henry Cavill as a uh, Geralt of Rivia. And mm. um, what do you think has worked so well with him inhabiting this iconic character? Mm. I think he's just he's just got everything. I think like the like the look. I mean, the voice that he uses. Um, I think like he's got the charisma for him. Um, he just, he just, yeah, he just is, he just is uh, the Witcher, everything mm. about him. Um, yeah. Like when he walks into the room and he's got his costume on, he's just, he's got a presence mm. and I feel like it really works for that character. Cause this is his last season, um, season three. I um, know, yeah, yes. he's, he's been recast and obviously, Fans, mm. as fans are, when anyone who they've come to associate with a particular role gets recast, they're quite mm. upset. What do you, what, what's your take yeah. on him being recast? Yeah, like obviously, um, obviously, it's very, I was very shocked when I found out because, you know, we've done um, three seasons with him. And um, obviously, it's sad because it's an end of, the, of an era. Um, but that's okay. And I, I think. You know, I think what comes next, like there's, there's going to be more exciting things that are going to happen. Um, I think the show's still going to be great. Um, and, you know, I just, I feel like we're grateful that we had the time that we did when we had him. Um, and uh, yeah, like, I mean, of course it's sad, but I, I honestly, I think, I don't think it's going to affect the show that much. I feel like the show's so big and there's so many elements to it that, um i just feel like everything's gonna be okay Mm. you know it'll be a nice transition and i think liam's gonna do an amazing job so you know it's it's a happy sad kind of feeling to it i think i get you i get you i Mm. mean season three um i think i I was reading it's been described as more political uh uh, as a season Mm. What, what how's that gonna manifest on screen it is. It most definitely is. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that happen. A lot of people that come together. There's. I. I'm not allowed to say too much. Of course. Um, of course. And, and I wouldn't sure force. How much you. I'm allowed to say. So <laughs> I have to be very careful. But um, there is a lot that happens. It's. It's so exciting. People come together. There's a lot of shockers. There's a lot of. There's. It's just. It. It's big. I feel like for me, I feel like this is my favorite season of all. So I'll let everyone be the judge of that, but I, it's just going to be epic. I mean, we're going to see so many new characters come together, um, new interactions, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be epic. That's what I can say. Epic. Okay, I, I, I'm good. I'm I'm pretty sure the <laughs> the Netflix snipers won't be after you for calling it epic. I think they're, they're yeah, I know they're being told to stand down. Yeah, <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> um, but talking of shockers. Um, Tell me what was your reaction and how far in advance uh, you knew what Francesca uh, Francesca was going to do at the end 
of season two because boy, oh boy, what a moment, huh? That's revenge, right? I right there. Know. I know. I was so shocked because I think when I when I came on board, I only got a couple of the scripts. So obviously I saw the story and I could see that they were fighting to get back into, you know, their world and they were trying to survive. And, you know, she's a woman of her people. Um, so I'd already been filming those blocks and I hadn't actually received the other scripts. And like people just kept on coming up to me, telling me things like, "Oh my god, she! You should see what she does." And I'm like, "What? You know, what, you know, what could she do, really?" And then I think it was only halfway through, through filming that I got those scripts and found out that she's she's a baby killer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, I just, I couldn't understand how she got from A to B. I couldn't understand how she got there, and it really, it really wrapped my mind. Um, so yeah, I was really shocked, but as an actress. I was I was pretty happy to be able to play that, you know. You go to these extremes, and um, I was very excited by it. But I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it. It's extreme, I, isn't it? Oh my god! Yeah, which I mean, is what you know. is what you want. <laughs> is what you want. It's Ned Stark getting killed isn't at the end what? of season one of Game of Thrones. It's that kind of level of what the fuckery. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah uh, it was. It was so good. But what a gift, though. You touched on it. What a yeah. gift for an actress. Yeah. Uh, like, the yeah. arc that you have in that season yeah. is like is, is just gold, right? It's amazing. Honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better, like, a better part um, for so early on in my career. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I feel like the, like her, like, the emotions that she goes through are so extreme mm. from the highs to the lows, and I get to explore so much of that and it's like it's challenging and i'm like you know learning a lot for myself with it and um yeah it's great it's really good um, well let's talk about that that learning uh, a lot thing because obviously you know whether the witcher ends or you leave whichever happens first obviously there's a mm. there's a whole world of opportunity out there do you think about what you might want to do next? I mean, is there a genre that you've already thought, oh, do you know what? I'd really like to explore that. You know, you look at the landscape of yeah, cinema, there's superhero, yeah. action, horror, whatever it yeah. might be, or even a particular role. Are you thinking ahead? Mm, yeah, most definitely. Um, I I love, I'm, I'm a big fan, fan of action. I'd, I mean, an ideal character for me would be like someone, on, okay, a female James Bond. We need to bring out a female version of James Bond and I want to be the character in it. I'd like, I would love to do that. Um, but for me, like there's, uh, I, I'm really, I really love A24 productions. That is what I'm trying to manifest. And I would love anything. Just give me anything, any character in A24 production and I'll, I'll be happy. Um, that is, that is my goal. Female James Bond or an A24 film. Well, together <laughs> I, I i mean they're they're on such a roll aren't they a24 what what do you what what is it about their output that you love just the fact that it's always so consistently good yeah exactly it's always consistently good and i feel like you know when you put on an a24 film you know it's not going to go like it's going to shock you or there's going to be some kind of twist or turn and it's it's not going to go in the way that you think it's going to go or it's it's just it's just very different i think it's very distinct um yeah i love them Right. Well, that's just one aspect of cinema. But now we're mm. going to embrace a whole lot because Misha. Yes. If you're ready, it's time to leave this reality and head <laughs> to another dimension, a dimension of pure cinema. You are our guide. <laughs> we are your audience. Let's go yes. on a trip to the movies. 
So we push open the door to our temple of film and oh, we need to oil those hinges. But we're in the foyer. Ah, there's an excited buzz, as there (laughs) always is in a cinema foyer. The hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Misha. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? Okay, I've picked Meryl Streep. (sighs) Wow. She's a legend. How could you not? (laughs) Yep, the legend Meryl Streep. Tell me me why. What is it about Meryl Streep that that you've made, uh, out of all other humans, human beings, you've picked her? (laughs) Well, honestly, I was going to pick my mum, bless her, but I was like, come on, I've got, I would like, if, if I get the choice to sit there with anyone, it's got to be Meryl Streep. She's amazing. She's like, she's so talented. I love her. I learned so much about her. And um, yeah, she's a chameleon. So I would love to just sit there with her and just get her to tell me all of her secrets. Do you remember <laughs> the first time you saw her in a movie and went, oh, wow, that's, uh, that's Meryl Streep? Yeah, um, like a, a movie that really sticks out for me with her is um, is Sophie's Choice. I mean, there's so many movies, but I just, her performance in that is incredible. Um, and I think when I watched that, I was like, that's the type of actress I want to be. And, and you say chameleon. I mean, you've got on the one hand Sophie's Choice and obviously on the other hand, mm. Mamma Mia! So, I mean... Exactly, that- exactly. Yeah, like she has so much range. And she's she's fun, you know. Um, yeah, there's 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 a whole spectrum to her. Okay, well, we're currently in a virtual mm. cinema, but imagine that I could drag Meryl Streep kicking and screaming from our virtual world <laughs> into the real world. If you got one question to ask Meryl Streep, what would you really like to know from Meryl Streep, the Oscar-winning actor? Uh, what's your secret? Mm. That would be good. What is your secret? If she went, it's his magic dust. If you have this, you can also yeah. win as many Oscars as me. That would be really great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be amazing. I'd like, just give me, just give me a taste, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that would be great if it was as simple as that. If she went, hard work and commitment. You're like, oh, I was really, go- I was really hoping it was magic dust, and you had a little yeah. pouchful. Damn it. <laughs> All right, you're going to the cinema with Meryl Streep. So there is yeah. a clock on the wall of the foyer, Misha. It reads a specific mm-hmm. time. What time of day have we gone to the cinema? Oh, that's interesting. Eight o'clock. A.M. or P.M.? P.M. Good. Just double-checking because you 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 absolutely within okay. your rights to pick AM. Okay, 8 p.m. So it's <laughs> a, one of the latest screenings. What 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 appeals about that time of day for you? I don't know. I, I, feel, I don't know why. It just feels weird going to the cinema in the day for me. I'm not sure why. Mm. I never go to the cinema in the day. Um, 8 p.m., 8 came into my head. I think that's perfect timing. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. that's it. It's, 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 it, this is your perfect cinema trip. So, just yeah. to clarify, you've never been to the cinema in the day ever. <laughs> I have, I have, and it always feels weird when you come out because it's still daylight outside, and you're like, "What? Well, you know, what do I do now?" Then, you know. <laughs> do you, Do you feel Do you feel guilty because you see people and like they're, they're literally rushing between meetings, get, jumping on the tube, getting yeah, a job, exactly. and you're like, "I've just been in the dark for two hours watching yeah. a spaceship." Yeah, roaming around like there's no tomorrow. Exactly. Okay, so 8pm. Now, would Mm. that involve dinner first or are you having a late dinner afterwards or is dinner going to be from the snack counters? Oh, no, dinner's going to be from the snack counters, most definitely. 
All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I look forward to hearing what that dinner is going to be <laughs> when we get to that section. So you have booked the tickets for us, which is very kind of you. Thank you. And where are we sitting in the auditorium? Okay. This is really important. It, I did think about the back. That used to be, that used to be the, the way, but it's too, it's too far from the screen, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I think for me, the perfect place is in the middle, the middle row in the middle, smack bang in the middle. So you've got the whole screen to yourself. Middle row, in the middle. So the uh, almost required question off the back of that seat selection, and I will say, Misha, you Mm. have picked our most popular seat choice on the show. The middle of the middle is the seat that is most often used in our virtual cinema. (laughs) But it is. It is. It's it's the most popular seat. So the uh, follow-up question that always must be asked, what happens if you need the toilet? Oh, dear. Um. You hold it until you absolutely cannot hold it anymore. Mm. Until it's, I mean, until it's, 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 it's almost there, and then you run and come back. I can do. I think record timing for me has probably been about two minutes. Two minutes flat. I can do it. That's great. I'm, I'm putting that on the leaderboard. <laughs> two minutes to the lose and back. I guess it's dependent on the cinema. But so you have no problem with the constant social anxiety that some people suffer of having to say excuse me to 17 people and then excuse me to the same 17 yeah i hate it that's why i try and leave it until i possibly can't take it anymore and sometimes i manage to make it the whole way through depending on how long the film is um but yeah no i I, no i don't like doing that but you just got to do it you know in desperate times you've just got to take desperate measures I understand. I completely understand. I, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm an isler. I have to sit on the aisle because I, I cannot cope. I cannot cope with I, that social anxiety. The anxiety. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, it's crippling. Crippling it is. So you're in the middle of the middle. The final thing. Now, we touched on this already. The final thing we need before yeah. we leave the foyer and start walking towards the auditorium is some snacks, which is going to be dinner for mm. you. You can smell yeah. all these aromas in the foyer. Every kind of food stuff you could ever imagine is available. What are you choosing to eat? Mm. It's a lot. It is a lot, and I probably won't finish it, but you have to have all of these things. Um, I definitely have to have a hot dog with the with like the crispy onions and like the tomato sauce and the uh, the mustard. That's must. Big one. Um, and some sweet and salted popcorn. Can't have too many of the, it's got to be a fine balance here. Actually, do you know what? I might lean more towards some more salt, actually. Um, and then. Okay. Okay. This is it. No, this is interesting. No, so you're no, not going. Is that, for, inter- is that interesting? It is. I mean, because I, I, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Normally, it's either salted or sweet or a straight 50 50 mix. But you're saying you maybe want to yeah. mess, mess about with that ratio. Yeah, you need more salt, I think. I think the sweet gets too, like, like especially with all the other things that you're eating that are sweet. So I feel like you need more of a salt balance in there. Okay, okay. And I, I'm, I'm very, <laughs> very pleased you picked a hot dog. Uh, it's one of the most... Uh, most seldom chosen snacks from the foyer. So that is mm, fantastic. Mm. Uh, what, what is it about a cinema hot dog that appeals? I do, do you know what? I don't even know what's in it. Those sausages, what is in it, really? Like, <laughs> is it even sausage? And you like this. This is what you like. You like you like the Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's something about the flavour in it. I don't know. And it's, like really, it's not chewy, is it? Like a sausage. I don't know what it is, but it's delicious. But you've got to have the perfect balance of 
sauces and and crispy onions to match with it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this is this is yeah. the perfect this is the perfect balance. It's it's the perfect hot dog you're having here. So you're having a hot dog with yeah. some crispy onions. I'm assuming mustard and ketchup. Mm, oh yeah, definitely both. Both, of course, mm. yeah. And then, uh, then a, a sort of maybe an hour. I'm going to say an eighty twenty salted to sweet popcorn ratio. Yes, perfect. Great. Uh, anything else perfect. before we leave? Yeah, great. Of course, good. We've got to have pralines and cream. Hagen uh, uh, mm. or Ben and Jerry's. Hmm. Now that's the now. Now I don't know. I don't know which one to choose. I am. Um, I, I shall. I, I can volunteer my opinion if you'd like to hear. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I would go. Love I, to. I always pick Hagendas because it's yes. got a foreign name and it uh, makes me feel classier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does feel a bit more special, doesn't it? Actually, you're right. <laughs> it's like the Ferrero Rocher yeah. of the ice cream world. I'm like, oh, I bet mm. that, that's fancy. Hagendas, lovely. Exactly. Yeah, Hagendas. <laughs> yeah. So which are you picking yeah. though? That's just me. Which do you want? Oh, no, you're right. No, you've helped me there. You're right. I'm, I'm going to go for the classier option. Hagen does. Lovely. All right. Mm. A drink? Oh, yeah. Drink. Ooh. Oh. oh, we've got to go for a beer, haven't we? We've got to go for a... Um... Hmm. I don't think they sell it though, but my, my favorite beer is an Asahi. If oh. they don't sell that, then yeah, it's so good. Um, we'll import it for you. I, I that's, that's yes. what, so you actually Asahi is your favorite beer. Like you are a, you are enough yeah. of a connoisseur of beer that you will go. I want the Asahi. I know it's terrible, isn't it? But yes, oh, it's not terrible. It's it's good to have. It's not. It's. I. I mean, I mean, when did you when did you discover that Asahi? What is it about Asahi? Like, do you actually have a thing where yeah, you go? It's yeah, got yeah. a crispness to it or something. Yeah, I think it's the lightness to it. There's something about the lightness of it. And I feel like Asahi goes with whatever you're eating. It doesn't kind of overpower it. It's, yeah, it's delicious. Have you have you had it? Have you tried Asahi? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, bloody, you know what I'm talking about then. Lovely. I love the, and again, it fits in with my whole haagen theory. I'm like, Asahi, yeah. Japanese beer? Yeah. Well, look at me. Yes. Cultured, international, <laughs> well-traveled. Exactly. Look at you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Lovely. So, just to clarify, hot mm-hmm. dog, crispy onions, mustard and ketchup, sweet and salted popcorn, 80-20 mix of salt to sweet, pralines and cream, specifically haagen and an Asahi beer. Anything else? Mm. Mm. Mm, anything else? No, I think we're, no, we're done. We're done here. I think that's enough, I think, to get us through a two-and-a-half-hour movie. It's a solid order. It's a solid order. So with our massive tray of all of those delicious, delicious snacks, it's time to leave the foyer and walk down the corridor towards the auditorium. So the corridor's looking mm. a little bit bare at the moment. I want to decorate it. I'm going to yeah. put up some posters, and these posters are going to be of your favorite movie memories, or at least some important ones. And the first uh, okay. one is your fondest movie memory. Ooh, fun. Does it have does it have to be involved with the cinema, or could it be like any? If you've got a really, if you've got a really fond one that is not cinema yeah. related, I'll allow it. I'll allow. It. Okay. Well, I've, I've got. Am I allowed one? <laughs> no, you can have a couple. I, I may have to. I'll decide on which is the which is your fondest which memory. One? Which is the fondest memory? Okay. No, because I've got I've got like a fond one, but then I've got kind of like a kind of. It's kind of funny. Um, okay, but my let's, fondest, hear, let's though, have both. Actually, yeah. 
we'll see if you think it's funny. It's probably not. But um, I think blockbusters, you remember blockbusters? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's that. Like, Bless for you for asking, though. Bless you for thinking I might be young <laughs> enough to go, what on earth is that, Misha? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah of course no you you know um, but like i used to go like every weekend with my dad and that would be our little thing together and you'd get you know you'd go out and pick up probably an adam adam sandler movie and um you know you'd get the popcorn deal with the the big bottle of coca-cola and popcorn and chocolates and yeah i don't know why it sit, it sits with me so nicely um i used to love that that's, so that's, that's, that's fun. That's a that is, fun that's, that is, that's, I, I, now you did ask whether I remembered, isn't that beautiful? Don't you miss that with this whole yeah. clicking on like a couple of clicks away from any movie? This it removes the, the whole, the yeah. whole, the, the, the majesty of the experience. It does, doesn't it? I actually, if Blockbusters was open today, I would still go and get a DVD. It's just, it's the whole going, going there and doing the whole process. So everything's so, easily accessible these days isn't it so you, mm-hmm. you kind of you don't appreciate it as much you know um yeah and the yeah. The, the tension as well because you're sort of like it's like you're not just like you can't just turn it off and then go i'll just go straight and put something else on you've got like two dvds <laughs> yeah. in your hand in blockbuster going do i want jack and jill or do i want happy gilmore <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's a process it's a long process yeah. Okay. So that's a lovely fond memory. Tell me the other one. Yeah. All right. Because I was thinking about this. Me and um, me and my best friend. It is fun because we we like shared it together and it's quite funny. But um, we went to watch the live action of Beauty and the Beast in the cinema, and the cinema was absolutely packed out. And um, as soon as the opening the opening song came on, the opening scene, it was the it was I can't remember what, what the song was. Um, but like I could hear, I could feel myself getting really emotional. And I was like, this is weird. What's, what's going on here? And then like, as I'm feeling it and watching it, all I can hear next to me is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, looking, it's my best friend absolutely bawling her eyes out. I was like, oh my God. So then like her bawling her eyes out kind of triggered me even more. And then it just, it just escalated. It just got so bad that we were both ugly and snot crying the whole way through the movie. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even sad at that point, but we just couldn't stop. And it was so loud. And I'm sure the whole cinema could hear us. Um, <laughs> it was so funny, but I think it was like the nostalgia of it because we watched it when we were kids. And I think it just brought back, like, I don't know what it, what it did, but we were, we were gone the whole way through. So, um, <laughs> so what do you, have you ever analyzed that? Have you analyzed what, what triggered both of you to simultaneously start crying at the opening number to beauty and the beast? I have no idea. I have no idea. I, w- I wish I knew. Um, but I, I feel like we were just feeding off of each other and then it just, it just got worse. It's like laughter. It spreads like wildfire, but the other way around. Uh, the beauty of the cinema, the communal experience. I'm, yeah. I've, I'm yeah. going to come clean. I've never seen Beauty and the Beast. And weirdly, your description of bawling your eyes out to the opening number makes me want to see it, <laughs> just to see what that opening opening number is. Who who even sings it? Do you remember which character sings it? Is it is it the Beast? Is it a candlestick? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was a candlestick. I'm sure it was Emma Watson. I'm sure it was her. Um, and she was in like this market and like, you know, things were happening and it was just like the, you know, it was like the entrance to the world. It wasn't sad. There was nothing sad about it. We were the only ones crying. 
Okay. It's, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> okay, it might, so it could well it could well be a, a happy a happy number where it's like, oh, what shall I buy from this market? Shall I get some cheese? And and everyone's oh, like yeah, clapping. Yeah. Up. Right, it was. And you're like, oh, oh my yeah. god. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to put Beauty and the Beast up because it's uh, bewilderingly hilarious. So Beauty and the Beast <laughs> is our first poster for your fondest movie memory. Brilliant. <laughs> All right, let's walk on down the corridor and uh, come to the second space for a poster which depicts your worst movie memory. Worst movie memory. Um, oh God. Do you, oh, do you know what there was? There was um yeah, there was a film that me and my sister went to watch. And it was a three-hour film. I can't. I can't remember what, what it was though. I wish I knew what film it was. Um, but it was a three-hour film, and we were running late for the cinema. Um, got all of our stuff, and then we ran into the screen and we sat there and watched it. And of course, it had already started because we were we were a bit late. But we like sat there and, it, and like yeah, like an hour into it, we, were, we had no idea what was going on. We we just couldn't understand why. <laughs> we were like, okay, it's fine. We'll just continue watching it. Um, and then an hour later, it finished. So then we realized we'd actually walked into the wrong, but there must have been multiple showings of it. So we'd actually missed like a whole hour of this film and sat there and watched like the, the two hours of the ending. And it just made no sense whatsoever. I think that's why I can't remember what it was. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, so, that wasn't... Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Oh, I wish I knew what movie it was. Three, three hours long. I know. I'm, I'm guessing... Avatar, but Avatar's simple enough that you'd be like, no, no. I get I get this. Um, the yeah, hate, the Hateful Avatar. Eight, that was about three hours long. The Quentin Tarantino no. movie, The Hateful Eight, three-hour no, movie. No, it was probably, God, it was good probably. It was probably about eight years ago or something like that. I really wish I could remember what it was. Okay. Um, no, no, it's not there. Right, well, I, I mean, just, you know, We just sat there confused. And did you ask anyone on the way out? You were like, sorry, what happened? Have you ever bothered to follow up? Did you go on Wikipedia and go, oh, I just need to know what, what, that, what that bit was about when they, when they turned out? I'm sure out. we did. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure we did. But I think because I spent two hours trying to work out what was going on, nothing, like none of the information stayed in the brain. So we, yeah, we wrote that one off. Yeah, movies will do that. Um, they do. They do tend to put the setup at the start and and demand that you are you are there for the first uh, first hour yeah. at, at least. Just uh, you know, they they tell you the characters' names, jobs, identities. I mean, it's yeah. only you know, it's polite, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. That's mm. what it is. It's basic etiquette. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to put a big blank poster up with a, a picture of a watch on it uh, for uh, for the. Worst movie memory. So our third poster, <laughs> as we continue down, depicts the last performance that brought you to tears. Oh. Do you do you cry um, a lot in the cinema? Do you cry at movies? Oh, I'm a crybaby. I mean, I cried at the opening of Being Beast, of course. Of course. What am I, why am I even asking that? Yeah, <laughs> of that's, course. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think I, I, I cry so easily. I'm so sensitive. <laughs> Um, do you know what, actually, I was, it was, it was a little while back, um, and I was on a plane. That's why it makes it worse. I was flying. Um, and, and again, again, okay. I started crying at a film that just, it wasn't even sad. It wasn't, it wasn't a sad part. Um, it was Elvis and it wasn't, it wasn't, 
it wasn't the sad parts. I mean, there's sad parts in Elvis, but it was it was the opening again. What is? I don't know what's wrong with me, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just now it's it's next level. So it's like this is two movies that have very, very happy openings that have brought you to tears. Um, this yeah, is fascinating. I think, I think it wasn't specifically the opening, but it was it was the bit when he was like when he was a child and like and it was showing you what influenced his passion and music and it was like the passion that he had and like the love for the music and like everything that was going on I think it was like a scene and like it was like kind of like a churchy kind of scene and they're all feeling like the, the spirit in the body and all of that and it was like really intense and you just see like the look on his face and it I don't know why it just brought me to tears his passion it was the passion that we- <laughs> no I get that um, I get that yes I just I, I was really feeling it but I was on a plane sat next to people and it was and it was it was it was properly crying it was i was going for it did anyone say anything did you did you clock the reactions of the people you were with were you even sitting next to a friend no i was on my own and i was i was sat by the window so there's only other one other person next to me and um i just i just didn't look at them i just i just kept looking at the screen in the hopes that it would stop eventually (laughs) (laughs) oh that's I I I it's I, I'm going to give you a little out here because there is actually some science behind uh, why we cry on planes because ultimately yeah. we know as <clears throat> creatures you may know this already and and stop me <clears throat> if you do but as as creatures we know that we shouldn't be in a metal tube 35,000 feet in the air. (laughs) So there is some buried terror in all of us, which is why we have these heightened emotions on planes because we're trying to damp down the inevitable fear that we are suspended in the sky. I think you're right, you know. I actually Mm. think there's there's definitely some science to that. Mm. It is, yeah. So science is your get out there for crying at the happiest scene in Elvis, the movie. Uh, I'm putting up a poster for Elvis. Uh, Did you enjoy the the movie though? It's a good movie, right? I, oh my God, I loved it. I loved it so much. I think he does such a great job at playing Elvis. Um, Oh, he's, he's great. It was so good. Um, yeah. and, it, and it was nice to like actually like hear the story of Elvis as well I didn't realize that he was I didn't know that he was trapped in Las Vegas like that and you know he had this manager that was trying to keep him here um so it was a nice little historical tour as well um brilliant I've seen it twice now I didn't okay. cry the second time oh did you not were you on the ground no yeah I was yeah no. I was safe <laughs> see see what I mean science yeah. science yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, I get a lot of my education from movies. I'm, a, I'm looking forward to watching the Christopher Nolan movie Oppenheimer because I feel he's a very important man who mm, I should know about and I know nothing about yes. him. So I'm going to come out of that and go, right, got that, yeah. tick that box. Exactly. You can you can add that to your little debate box then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> our final poster that we're going to decorate this corridor with before we enter the auditorium depicts your unpopular mm. movie opinion. <laughs> um, oh, no. People might hate me after this. <laughs> um, okay. So, like, everybody, everybody talks about The Godfather. Everybody talks about it. I know I can see you taking a breath. Um, but okay, so the acting is great. Like it's, it's the acting is great. I can I can appreciate it. But I I um I couldn't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like my um 
my attention spam. I don't know what it is, but I think I found myself watching that film and then just going off into my mind, like not paying attention. There was just something about it that just didn't grab me. Um, and I don't know what it is. And everyone talks about it. And I always feel like I'm always there, like the silent person, like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the Godfather. Um, well, that's <laughs> awful. I can't believe I just admitted that. I can't like, yeah, but, but it is, it's that one. So when people are talking about the the greatness of this film, you just hope that no yeah. one turns to you and goes, right, Misha? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, remember the scene when blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. 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 <laughs> so, it's awful. I don't know what it is. I think I just shut off. I like, I, that, yeah, I don't know what it is. There's certain films that just make me, I don't know, my attention is just like, doo, 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 doo. just goes, it goes somewhere else. So when was it that you watched it and made this decision? Have you tried more than once or was it one occasion? No. So I've watched it once and it was during the pandemic. Um, and um, yeah. So I've, so, may, so maybe I should watch it again. You, are you recommending that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, so here's my science theory. If it's an okay. attention span thing and you loved Elvis, because I loved Elvis as well, and I watched mm. a lot of the Oscar movies at the same time, and a lot of Oscar movies are quite slow. Elvis, very yes. fast. And I think we yes. just come uh, from a place right now where we are so predetermined mentally to watch 30-second videos on social media that anything it's that isn't so fast, we're just like, no, no, yeah, no, no, you're yeah. not keeping my attention. Yeah. This is so true, actually. I've been reading a book about that because we're so, we're so used to getting things fast. Um, so I've been mindful of that, actually. I try and stay away from those, you know, those fast videos so I can bring my attention back. What's, the, what's this book saying? What Tell me about the book because I'm fascinated by this. <clears throat> I'm trying to think, what is it called? Uh, oh, it's called um, Why You Can't... Um, why you can't focus i've forgotten the right with but but yeah why you can't focus and it, it talks all about like that stuff we're so used to getting things at a fast pace and you know when you're flicking through your instagram like your um like your mind hasn't got anything to focus on so it gets bored easily in conversations or if you're sat watching films or if you're trying to focus on work you always end up managing to find yourself on your phone um so it kind of it talks about yeah all of that. It's all about like the social media and the fastness of this world. Mm. And the dopamine, mm. I think, is the other thing because we get a hit of dopamine when we find a video that we like, that we like, yeah. and then we're we're constantly trying to yeah. recreate that high. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it is. It's a buzz, isn't it? I think. Mm. Um, yeah. So you're constantly looking for that fun thing. So you're you're saying you're being mindful of that. How are you? Are you actively trying to stop? Have you put some tools in place to stop yourself doing that? <laughs> well, I, I, a while ago, I put like um like a thing on my Instagram so that I can only use like two hours of it. But of course, it gives you the option to cancel it, and I, I do that every time. But <laughs> I, I have, I know it's, it's really bad. You can't have it. But I am a bit better now. I've stopped scrolling, and I'm like, if I, you know, if I'm if I want to sit there and scroll, I need to snap out of it and do something. Um, because yeah, it can get quite bad. So I'm, I am, I'm mindfully trying to stay away from it because um yeah like yeah just read read books and like explore the world outside instead mm. Mm. And, mm. and potentially give the godfather another go maybe eventually exactly i i do i i will but because because people talk so highly of it um i feel like i owe it to the godfather to give it another chance i think maybe 
yeah I just my mind just probably wasn't there when I watched it so I will I will give it a chance I'll report back to you I love it. I love it. And I also love the yeah. expression, I owe it to the Godfather. It almost sounds like you were a character in the movie. I owe it to the Godfather. <laughs> uh, lovely. Yeah, exactly. That's our final poster then. <laughs> the Godfather is going up as your unpopular movie opinion. Right. We've reached our last set of doors. We push them open. The auditorium is out there in front of us. Now, there is a queue of people mm. hoping to join you in Meryl, Meryl Street. I'll get her name right. She's quite famous. Meryl Street. Um, <laughs> Do you want to let them in? Do you want a busy cinema or do you just want Meryl all to yourself, Misha? Oh, obviously I want Meryl all to myself. Okay. Right. <laughs> We're turning the crowd away. Selfish. No. Sorry, it's, crowd. It's all right. They shuffle off into the distance, understanding but a little bit disappointed, but ultimately mm. accepting of their fate. So it's you and Meryl in the auditorium. Now, mm. So a few things we're going to play just before we get to the movie that you have picked for us tonight. And first of all, we're going to play a trailer for the film that you are most looking forward to seeing in the cinema. Oh, um, oh, you know what? Actually, I I think when when I was a kid, I I used to love I I used to love Little Mermaid. Blah, 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 blah. Let's come back. The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. I'm uh -huh. so excited to watch that. I was obsessed with that when I was a kid, and I had like the the, the whole set I had the whole little mermaid kind of Barbie doll and like the you know like her little cove underwater uh it looks great I'm I'm a sucker for like a Disney kind of story um and I love mermaids they're real they're real do you do you really believe mermaids are real <laughs> well, why not <laughs> why I, I hey I've, no I've, judgment I've never seen one Right. I've never seen one. There's, you know, how much of it of the sea hasn't been, um, you know, explored? You never know. I mean, have you ever seen a great white shark? <laughs> not, not in real life. Thank right, God. exactly. But that's my point. You see, like you, if you like if you've yes. never seen one in real life, you've you've never seen a mermaid in real life. You know, this could be. Yeah, exactly. How do you know it's? You know, how, how do you know it's not real? Mm. Okay. Now, just based on your uh, your history with live action adaptations of Disney classics, are you going to take some tissues for the first screening of the Little Mermaid? Because when that opening number comes on, uh, I, based on based on historical empirical evidence, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I think I should, shouldn't I? Really, I think you're right. I didn't think about that until now, but yeah, yeah, I will. Um, Just in case. Do you have a favourite song? You're going to have to sort of handhold me a bit here. And my the the gap in my movie CV, like for example, you don't yeah. you, you didn't like The Godfather. I've never seen The Little Mermaid, or indeed hardly any Disney animations. So this is yes. uh, way outside my wheelhouse. Oh, you you oh you've not seen them. You're not you're not no not into it. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I couldn't name the name of the songs, but. Um... I know Under no, the Sea. Not... Yeah, oh, Under the Sea. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Under the Sea. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, that's, that's all I've got. That's all yeah. I've got. That's fine. That was enough for me. I, <laughs> I, I got to bust a few moves here in my tiny little <laughs> yeah. office, so that was great. I appreciated that. All right, then. The movie you're most looking forward to is The Little Mermaid. Yes. Right. Okay, Meryl's looking forward to it as well, by the way. She's just leaned over and gone, great choice. Great choice. Thank, thank you, Meryl. Thank you. So next, we're going to play on the big screen the movie moment that makes you literally or metaphorically pump your fist in the air. Uh, um, oh, do you know what? I actually re only recently watched 
I can't believe I only recently watched again, it was during the pandemic. Um, I watched um, Sigourney Weaver in Alien. It's amazing, amazing film. I'm obsessed with her. She's so good. Um, but it's like, it's, it's got to be that moment where she gets, she gets into that kind of like robotic, like power loader thing. Uh-huh. And she comes back and she absolutely wallops that queen alien's butt into that thing. I think they fall into into like this little tunnel thing <laughs> and then she disappears. But I, it was so good. I can't remember what she says now. There's a quote that she says, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something that she says and I was just like, yes. Um, I know I know what it is. I can help you if you'd like. What is it? Yes, could you please? So um, it's, the film you're talking about is actually the sequel, Aliens, uh, which is great because that's, that's yeah. my, that's that's better in my opinion. Uh, that's a little it's bit of blasphemy, excellent. but it's better than yeah, the original. Yeah. But I think the line you might be thinking of is, get away from her, you bitch. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I want that line. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she felt so powerful. <laughs> yeah what a great movie oh i i, I love the fact you loved it um uh, it's just mm. it's just so good isn't it from the the bit where they they go into it's the so complex good. and like there's the marines yes. And, oh yeah oh it's so good i would love to, i would love but they're doing they're doing a series aren't they and alien I, oh my god that, that would that would be another dream that would be amazing to be a part of but um she absolutely smashes it doesn't she like everyone in that film it's so good. Yeah, I really agree. I think like it's yeah. one of the best casts, best ensemble casts I've seen in a movie. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like it's so timeless as well. You know, I haven't me watched it, you know, me I watched it a couple of years yeah, like two years ago. So um but yeah, it had me. And uh, did did you uh, the did you literally or metaphorically pump your fist in the air when Ripley says, Get away from her, you bitch? I think I probably literally did yeah. in my own kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. What a great moment. I yeah. love that moment, Misha. Right. Yeah. Next, we're going to play on the big screen. What you consider mm. cinema's most shocking moment. Oh, um, it's got, it's got B. Um, it's awful. It's actually really awful. Um, um, Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct, um, the the leg crossing moment. That's awful. I couldn't believe that. I, I could not believe that actually happened. And um, obviously she was told to not wear any pants, wasn't she? Um, because I think like the, the white of her pants were reflecting or something or it was too distracting. And she was told that they wouldn't be seen. Mm. Um, but of course it was seen. And I, I couldn't believe they actually put it put it out there though after, after that. Um you know, after they told her that it, it would be fine. I heard that, didn't she, she like punch or like slap the director or something in the screening or there was something that happened. I, 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 I can't, I, I don't know, but I can imagine if, she, if, if you don't know that uh, a very specific part yes. of your anatomy is going to be on the biggest screen in the world and the it's director. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You would, uh, that's, you would. That's awful. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that that could even, even be a thing that could, happen um but yeah that's that's it that's that's gotta be it surely cinema's most shocking moment is the leg cross in basic instincts yeah Yeah. i mean obviously it was a Mm. a very different time when they were making movies in the 80s when basic instincts was made Mm. there's a the writer of it joe esterhouse if you ever read his book uh you get a real 
eye-opening mm. uh, experience of, of what uh, the movie industry used to be like. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be an interesting read. That Times have changed, most definitely. Mm. Right, then. Lucky well, for me. <laughs> we are still going to have to play it, as shocking as it is, yeah. on the big screen. So there it is. Oh, no. Uh, and it's gone. It's gone. It's over. It's over. The moment has oh. passed. Right. <laughs> Next, I'm going to be asking this. What is the piece mm. of dialogue or line from a movie that has most affected you? Mm. Um, I think about this one, actually, because I'm like, Mm. There's, there's there's so much um but there's in in alice in wonderland um the the white witch she says that you she says you cannot live a life you cannot live your life to please others i think that's really powerful i think that's a very powerful one live your life to please others Sorry, to please yeah. others yeah Please, others. I, this is a new, this is a mm. new one on me. That's why I'm writing it down. You cannot live yeah. your life to please others. To please others. That is mm. that is a powerful. I think that's a really, I think, yeah, I think that's a really big one to to remember because you can you can I guess like you can kind of go around life like putting your focus so much on like how you're perceived and how people think of you and all of that and actually forgetting like how you feel in a moment and like what you want and what your needs are. So. Um, I think, yeah, I think that that's that's like that's a big one for me, actually. And did and it and it spoke to you personally about how did, did it make you question how you are with people? Was it that affecting? Mm, oh um, no, I, I I think I think it's more of a reminder. I think mm. it's a reminder because we can, you know, you can kind of go in between the two, can't you? Like, um, I think it's just a reminder to to kind of get back to yourself and just. Um, remember like remember to like kind of listen to yourself and what you want and um yeah as long as it's not affecting you know people in a bad way on the outside um but i feel like yeah i feel like it was just it's just a nice reminder i think it's a, a gentle reminder i think it's um it's a really mm. interesting point you raise because i think there's um there's a, a, a I don't know if movement's the right word, but recently there's been a new sort of psychological um, uh, mm. thought process about how perhaps as people we do need to be more selfish and that we do need to consider yeah. our ourselves and our own feelings more because I think the thinking is that a lot yeah. of people are so affected by other people's moods and emotions and we need to somehow yes. detach from that. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I fully agree. Um yeah, I think I think it's something that I've been I've been exploring myself in like the last couple of years, and just you know, going back to basics and um, yeah, just doing doing things doing things for me in a non in a, in a selfish but non selfish way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. Which does that is make exact, sense? It does. It's, yeah. it's what you said earlier. It's about balance. You know. You, you yeah. Know, yeah. Self the balance. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be so selfish that you're actually making mm. other people's lives unhappy, but you don't want to be Ex like exactly, mm. exactly that. Yeah, there's a fine, there's a fine balance. Yeah, you cannot live to please others. Good, got it, got the quote down. Mm. Um, there's an option. We've got a t-shirt printer in the corner of the auditorium. It's a very quiet machine, but I can print out a t-shirt with that quote on for you and Meryl. Do you think yes. you want that done? Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think Meryl, Meryl, yeah, Meryl would love that. She would. We're on first name basis now, but she she would love it. I think we can wear the matching t-shirts. Yeah. So people know that we're together. <laughs> love it. 
Right. You've got yeah. a T-shirt on each. Uh, and just in time, because we're only one question away from screening your movie. So the final, penultimate rather question yeah. is, what is the best use of music in a movie? Oh, <clears throat> oh um, whiplash. I think whiplash. I think I love. I love the way they use the the drums and like the yeah, like the orchestra throughout the, throughout the film. Mm. Um, I'm obsessed with that film. I thought it was so good. And um, yeah, like I feel like I guess like in in like in usual movies that like you have the kind of soundscape, the music score that takes you to a place and kind of evokes a feeling. But I liked the fact that he was um, that was his thing. You know, he was, he was playing he was playing the drums and he was going to this music teacher. Um, and they use the drums throughout and like, I feel like it really, it made you feel anxious, like at times when he felt it and you really felt like you were there with him. Um, you know, that the scene where he's like trying to make it to the, to the gig, I think he's going to, and he ends up crashing the car, but you can really feel like something's about to happen before, before it happens. And you can feel like the, the stress of the moment. Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's amazing. It was a, that's a great, great film. And great use of music and i think you hit the nail on the head watching whiplash mm. is one of the most anxiety inducing movie watching experiences I've, I've had of late yeah yeah it really is isn't it you almost want it to stop but you can't you can't stop watching it and it's um it's jk simmons um as his yeah. uh, his teacher and uh, every time <laughs> every time he says not my tempo not my tempo. I'm like, oh man, it's oh, cruel. He's hardcore in it, isn't it? Yeah, he's so hardcore. I, yeah. I like surely, surely that's people can't be like that. But maybe they are. Maybe that is. I guess it is. It can be that hardcore in you know certain professions. I don't well, know. Well, I guess. That, I guess yeah, that was. Yeah, that's that's a, that's it's a bit of a spoiler, but I guess that is that's that's the whole theme of the movie. It's like, does is yeah. this teacher's behaviour towards him what drives him to succeed mm. in the end? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's an excellent movie. Obviously, drama school wasn't that long ago for for you uh, mm. to draw a parallel. Mm. How, how was that? Did you have any teachers who were as scary as J.K. Mm. Simmons in Whiplash? <laughs> Do I have teachers that scare? Um, do you know there there probably was like maybe like one one teacher or something that I just I couldn't no matter what I did I just couldn't do it right it was was just never right in her eyes um, so pro probably not to that extreme level but yeah you definitely oh I definitely felt it it was that was definitely I mean it was the best years of my life but it was also very anxiety inducing that that whole experience because you. Uh, it's it's weird because you kind of get to this kind of level where you end up trying to impress them rather than trying to again goes back to like you cannot leave live your life to please others like you forget that you're here to learn for yourself and like you know learn your skill but you, you're you're there and you end up trying to do it to impress them and make it good in their eyes um, and I feel like that yeah there there was there was definitely some of that there um, yeah. But now I'm free and I can explore on my own. <laughs> well, well, you're, you're not just free. You're free and in one of the biggest shows on television. So I, I guess you could always go back and go, hey, miss, look what I just done. Yeah, she actually failed me as well for Shakespeare. I got failed. I got failed in my first year by her. How, how, how did, did, did they tell you how you failed Shakespeare? What, what, how, what are the criteria that you didn't meet? I didn't think I was that bad. I was playing Puck. 
and like but they changed it I was like this bodyguard kind of version and I, I don't know what it was I, I don't know I can't remember the reasons by it but she didn't she didn't like it and um, decided to fail me for first year I was absolutely gutted um but I hang I hung in there I got through it in the end <laughs> so what happens when you fail Shakespeare do you have to retake Shakespeare <clears throat> Well, yeah, well, this is a thing. I think that there was talks of them making me resit my first year. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, what, you know, what, what do you mean? Like, that's, you know, it's a lot. Um, but in the end, I, I think I managed to convince them to let me continue like the, the final two years. Um, but yeah, no, normally if you, if you fail a module, then you have to resit the whole year, which is, which would have been devastating. Wow. One module mm. and you, res- you literally held back a year. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, you can't just give it one more shot. Yeah. You can't go, look, can I just do it do it again? Like have another shot of yeah, being puck? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. That 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 was the way it was presented to me. Um, was that I'm gonna have to resit the first year. But I um I mean I fought for it because I I, I thought it was I thought it was ridiculous. Um so yeah, but I, I came out in the end, so that's it's that's good. In the okay. end it worked out. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And um and uh, just to continue with our, our final whiplash parallel, do you think mm. somewhere inside your head, do you think that perhaps this woman failing you uh, for that first performance of Puck <laughs> somehow drove you to where you were, like J.K. Simmons does to Miles Teller in Whiplash? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pro- probably, probably. I'm a believer in like good, like you know, good energy, and like that that will help you succeed and. I, I do feel like if people are like really like hard on you, like it can make you kind of recoil, but most definitely, like I felt, I definitely felt like I had something to prove. And, you know, I felt like if something wasn't going right, I really needed to kind of dig deep and like, you know, put more work in and um, yeah, just, just keep bettering myself. So probably, yeah, probably I would say. Do you, do you think perhaps somewhere she's sitting on her sofa with a bag of Doritos <laughs> watching The Witcher going, ah, that's my work right there. I knew yeah, she'd like, make marvelous. it. <laughs> Brilliant. I hope so. <laughs> well, Misha, here we are. It's time to announce to an empty auditorium bar, the legend mm. Meryl Streep, exactly which movie the film out of all others you have chosen to screen as the climax to your trip to the movies what are we watching (laughs) oh um okay (laughs) based on all the films i know i've I've said some i've pulled out some great movies here i have there's so many there there is so many but when it all boils down to it, my my ultimate movie that I've that I've seen probably about ten times is Bridesmaids. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. It's one of my favorite films. I like every time I watch it, I'm absolutely. I'm, again, I'm crying. I'm cry laughing. It's just it's just so funny. I like I, they're they're brilliant. They're absolutely brilliant in this. Um, so it has to be that. So take me back to when you first saw it and it became this movie that you love. Yeah, I've got, I've, I can't remember when it, when it came out now, but I, I watched it when it first came out with a bunch of my girlfriends. And um, because at the time, I think before that, I'd, I'd watched um, that Hangover 
And I thought that was an, I thought it was an amazing film. It was hilarious. And then when we saw Bridesmaids were coming out, we were really excited by it because it was like it felt like it was like the female version of that. Um, so yeah, I remember watching it with my friends and um, like it was it was just so funny and like the the battle between the two best friends to be like to be the one and um, the little song battle that they have over like who's who's got like the biggest friendship. And, um, you know, like the scenes where they've gone, they've gone to, they went to that Mexican and had like some dodgy food and then, <laughs> and then they're trying on the bridesmaid dresses and like, it's like one of them pooping in the toilet, one of them's in the sink, <laughs> one of them's in the street. It's just, it was absolute chaos. And like, you could just imagine a scenario like that happening amongst your, you and your girlfriends, if you were put in that kind of position. So, um, yeah, like to the extremes. Um, yeah, really good. I love that film. My friend was telling me about that opening scene and saying she loves the opening scene mm. so much where Kristen Wiig um, goes and puts makeup on and then gets back into bed because it's not only yes. a funny scene, it's taking the <laughs> piss out of all those movies where women wake up looking absolutely immaculate and she thinks she thinks They're it's brilliant. perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And this, you know, the scene on the plane when she's um, she's really scared of flying, and then she takes like a if it's like a Xanax or something, and she takes a drink because she comes into the first class, and she's like, "I am here, and I'm ready to party." <laughs> oh, it's brilliant! It's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's the that, ultimate. Yeah, that's great. That bit on the plane is probably <laughs> the, the the best scene in it. The bit where she goes, "Stove, what kind of a name is Stove?" He's like, "It's Steve." <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're with me on that one. It's great, isn't it? It's a good one. It's a brilliant movie. And of course, I, it was, I think yeah. it's the first time I really remember sort of going, bloody hell, Melissa McCarthy is some kind of force of nature in the world of comedy. Oh, she, she's brilliant. Oh, I love her. She's so good. Yeah. I think yeah. she was nominated yeah, for yeah. an Oscar for that. So, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I love, I love her. What a movie to yeah. end on. What a movie to yeah. end on. Fantastic. I think it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. It's a newer one, but like new like newer age, but oh, I think it's brilliant. I love comedy. Yeah. And that's uh, you've 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 picked a good one. You've picked a good one. What a movie mm. to end on. Wow. Misha. That's it. The <laughs> curtains have closed. The guests are milling out. I say guests. You and Meryl are walking out, smiling, mm -hmm. chatting, and thanking each other for enjoying such a wonderful movie experience. But mm -hmm. before you go and oh, get in your taxi, which has just pulled up outside, it's time for this week's mystery question as we ask, Ooh. what's in the box? I saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? <laughs> oh, okay. You play an elven sorceress in The Witcher. Uh -huh. So if you could cast one magic spell ever what would that magic spell be and do that, that's your Ooh. mystery question you got a magic oh, spell, magic spell. you what can do anything oh uh, okay my magic spell would be um if i could just transport myself to any place in the world at a click of a finger that would be the magic spell i click finger and i think of the place i want to be and i can be there in a second where would that place be? Where would you first go? Oh, where would I go? There's so many places. There are so many places. Um, okay. On my travel list, I've got Sri Lanka, so I'd go there first. Have you been I would before? Go to Sri Lanka first. No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. So I've been told. Um, 
Uh, it looks beautiful. There's so many places I want to go. The Amazonian rainforest. Uh, oh my God, Peru. I want to go to Bali again. I love Bali. All these beautiful, beautiful places. Um, far, far away. Um, yes, that would be it. That would be my magical spell. Sri Lanka, the Amazon rainforest, Peru, and Bali. That's you. You've got the four. Yeah. I'm gonna. You can have the four if the, if this spell yeah? comes to fruition. Great. Yeah, have those four. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> And that really is it. The curtains have now closed. The taxi is outside. But listen, before you go, Misha, let's recap mm-hmm. your perfect night out at the cinema. You mm. are going with Meryl Streep at 8 p.m. in the evening. You are sitting in the middle row on the middle seat. You are having a hot dog with crispy onions, ketchup, and uh, some mustard as well. You're having sweet and salted popcorn, an 80-20 ratio of salted to sweet. You're having some pralines and cream, specifically manufactured by Hagen dazs You are having a <laughs> bottle of beer, specifically manufactured by Asahi. We're putting up a poster that celebrates your fondest memory of Beauty and the Beast and bawling your eyes out. We're putting up a second <laughs> poster of your worst movie memory. It's a blank poster with a picture of a watch because you miss the first two hours of a three-hour movie the third poster (laughs) depicts the last performance that brought you to tears which is elvis specifically on a plane and the poster that depicts your unpopular movie opinion is the godfather she just couldn't get into it the trailer we're playing is for the little mermaid the movie moment that made you pump your fist in the air is get away from her you bitch from aliens the cinema's most shocking moment moment is that leg cross in Basic Instinct and the piece of dialogue that you have chosen to print on a T-shirt for yourself and Meryl is you cannot live your life to please others. And finally, oh, sorry, we've played the music from Whiplash. There it is, that drum beat. God, I nearly missed it because it's not my tempo. And finally, we are screening Bridesmaids to end the night. Wow, that is it, Misha. Let me ask. Have you enjoyed your perfect night out at the movies? Yes, I have. That was brilliant. I love that. Thank you. A splendid evening for all. Meryl's getting in the taxi with you. You guys go off, have a lovely time. Thank you for taking (laughs) us on a trip to the movies. Thank you so much. And as Misha's cab carries her away from our virtual cinema, off into the distance, we must all leave this movie paradise and return to reality. But to soften the blow, how would you like a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema? Each week, we give away a pair to someone who leaves us a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. It's that simple. The competition is only open to UK residents, and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full video for today's interview with Misha Simpson and indeed for every guest on our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel. So head over there and help us grow the podcast by subscribing. Thank you very much. And that really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest fills our cinema with their celluloid dreams as they take us on a trip to the movies. Bye-bye.